0: Bem-vindos, gente, and welcome back to another edition of C si Se Puede here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. Now today I'm very excited to bring you an interview with the great Lirsa Torres. She participated in season 37 of CBS's reality show Survivor back in the fall of 2018. On her season, which had the David vs. Goliath theme, Lirsa was placed on the David tribe and was immediately perceived as the weakest woman on her tribe. In the first challenge, the Goliaths picked two of who they thought would be the weakest competitors and she was picked along with a man named Christian. However, Lyrsa and Christian persevered and they won the challenge for their tribe. Her uphill battle didn't stop there. Lyrsa was a scrappy underdog and was almost the second person out of the game, but her tenacity and her social skills led to a vote flip, allowing Lyrsa to stay in the game for more time. Lyrsa continued to gain momentum until a tribe switch happened, putting her on the outer of the new tribe. Once again, Lyrsa was able to tenaciously flip the vote and scrape by by one tribal at a time. However, when her Jabeni tribe lost one more time, she was unable to make it past one final vote to make the merge. These days, Lyrsa lives in Boston with her pets, she loves horror movies, she has her own podcast recapping them on the Heavy Leather Horror Podcast, she also loves burlesque and is an active member of the survivor community. She's a very proud lesbian woman, very proud Puerto Rican, a little nugget as she likes to call herself. And I'm so excited to share with you all my conversation with Lirsa. Now before I transition to that, we did experience some connectivity issues between our connections. However, I was able to clean up a lot of it. But if you hear a little bit of skippiness in the editing, that is why, and I apologize about that. Last thing. Lyrsa uses a lot of colorful language and I want my guests to be as authentically themselves as possible However, if you are listening with kids and might be offended by some strong language uh, I think this might be an episode that you could skip However, if you choose to stick with us uh, That is a warning to you all that Lyrsa uses a lot of colorful language And I'm very excited if you do choose to check this out Now without further ado, let's hear from Lyrsa All right, everyone, today we are joined by the wonderful Lirsa Torres. Lirsa,
1: how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Felipe? I'm doing great, actually. It's been a nice day, nice weather. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. How are you? Lirsa
0: is a fantastic person. You may know her from 2018 Survivor, David vs. Goliath. She was one of the stars of that season, and she's on Netflix, if you haven't seen that season. Um... And Lyrsa, let me actually ask you, Who, do, how do you want to introduce yourself? How, what should the people know about you if they're not familiar with you beforehand?
1: I am... Um, I don't... I keep thinking that I wasn't that sassy on the show, but apparently I was. Um, I try to, like, notch it down, but I'm a sassy nugget from Puerto Rico that moved to Boston and landed this survivor thing, and I'm very, very queer, and very outspoken and I don't have a filter and that's just me
0: (laughs) and we love you for it and Lyrsa uh uh, her tribe kept going to tribal council otherwise I feel like Lyrsa was such a contender to win that season because you you were a phenomenal player I think and like that second episode the way you maneuvered and got yourself safe like it was really cool to watch uh especially like a Latina player uh who is also English is not your first language and you still like kicked ass in this English game that wasn't designed for us at the time
1: that was my excuse all the time I still use it when I talk to like Gabby or Davey, who are and Elizabeth who are the people I talk the most I always tell them that I'm not from this country because half the jokes that were like they were doing or conversations I could not relate at all because I didn't understand what the fuck what was going on
0: yeah no do you want to elaborate a little bit about that like and how like your experience as like uh immigrant to the country and how uh you were esl contributed to your so survivors of social strategy game how it contributed besides just like the jokes did you feel any at any points like completely isolated because i do know you played with another latina on your season angelina but you also have talked about how you have two different latina upbringings
1: yeah um and that doesn't cancel her experience or or life and neither mine. and it's something that I learned way after the show um and yeah that got me a lot in the beginning about I couldn't like relate to her even though that we're both Latinas because our experiences in life are completely different and that's not a reason for me to invalidate her experience as a Latina woman in this country, right? And, and not to invalidate. Me, I've a never man, I've heard
0: you invalidate her experiences before. It's just like uh, you'll have different experiences as Latinas. You're, yeah, you're like an immigrant, and she was born in the U.S. and grew up here. So that's just like a different yeah, experience, I, regardless of where you're. Yeah, from.
1: I, I, I think that in the beginning it was more difficult for me to acknowledge that because I could not, I could not see myself like we were the same. Which a lot of people tend to do—that we all Latinas are just one box, right—and we're all together, and that's it. Or we're all Mexicans, um, which we're not. Um, and I couldn't relate because her experience was different, and it bothered me in the beginning because they're like, "Oh, you're both Latinas," and I'm like, "But we're not," because my exp- like it's different. Like she had some advantages in life that I didn't have, right? So it was a little bit stingy in the beginning, and then you know, life happens, and you grow, and you realize that. Just because my experience in life is different, it doesn't invalidate anybody else's. And I never try to invalidate her, you know, heritage. It's just that I, it was difficult for me. I just moved into this country and I, English is not my second language as you might all can hear. Um, I still have an accent, which is not as bad as my brothers um, and they have been here way longer than me i was like joking about that today um but yeah i just when survivor happened and remind me I, you, uh,
0: you had just moved to the country like within like a couple years yes. before survivor it wasn't like you've yeah. been here for a long time
1: so i moved here in august of 2016 thinking that i was gonna blend really really good because i knew english and puerto rico even though it's a hispanic and latino country we are a commonwealth of the united states so we are very americanized right so when i grew up the things i watched on tv were like friends and well and grace and all of this white people show Um, and of course like local tv but i thought it was going to be easier because back at home I'm just the same as everybody else. Right? We're all the same. And then you move here and then you realize that you are not the same as everybody else. And you are different. And depending on your background, it's gonna how life is gonna get and go for you here, most of the cases, right? So I moved here in 2016 because I went to be you, same as you. Ooh. Which I also had, go Terriers. Also I Ooh. didn't have any fucking clue uh, we can curse on this podcast right yeah absolutely okay Be i have no Lisa. fuck yeah i had no fucking clue that bu was that expensive i had no fucking clue that boston is so freaking cold at least nine months of the year to me i get that yeah. for the people you grew boston. up in puerto rico yeah, 50 degrees is, oh, it's so cool. No, 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 mira, 50 degrees is fucking cold to me. I can't go out. Like, I need five layers for 50 degrees. Um, which is funny, because I was actually talking, you know, Jordan Kalish, right? Yeah. I was talking to Jordan yesterday, um, because when he visits Boston for family, um, we always get together, and last time we went to a Sox game, and it was, like, so fucking cold. So fucking cold. And we're talking that he's coming back into the city at some point. I'm like, I'm not going to do any other game if it's that cold. And he was like, oh, 50 is great. I can wear shorts with 50 degrees. I'm like, you're fucking killing me. Because 50 is like hypothermia for me. No, not good. But anyway, going back, I moved here 2016. And then in 2018 for my birthday, which usually in September, I take a lot of vacations and I travel a lot. And that year I had, I used to work at the airport. So I traveled for free. And I went to different spots that year. And one of the spots was visiting friends in LA. And there was an open audition. And I told my friend, can you drive me there? And we got there. And I did the audition just to like to get out of the box. I'm like, oh, okay, at least I I try I I swear these people are not gonna call me at all like I'm not skinny I have a bunch of tattoos I'm extremely gay like I am not this you know type of beauty thing that we see on TV like I'm not Kelly Wentworth right or you know even Abby like I am so different right and then they freaking call me man and they kept calling me and it got really excited um, but then when you go into the show as a minority in a game that yet doesn't have a rule for a 50% of BIPOCs, because this country, we are combined, we are more than white people in this country, right? And it was very difficult for me. I thought... To me, making friends and talking to people used to be like super easy, especially before the show. Now I'm not like I was before. Um, So I thought I was going to be like this happy nugget and everybody was going to be my friend, even though we're going to vote each other out. And that was not the case. And it was really difficult and hard for me because I couldn't relate honestly to anybody like, from my cast, like, in the experience of the Latino queer woman, right? Um, which is funny, because the person I clicked the most when I started was Elizabeth, who is completely different. Yeah, that's, like, she that's one of is- my favorite
0: friendships from survivors like, you and Elizabeth, because you're very different people. Like, everyone talks about Steven and JT from Survivor Token G's, and this is another version of that. It's, like, Lyrsa and Elizabeth, two very different people. But is Elizabeth and you are still close, uh, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I Actually, uh, I need to call her this week because of life and things. I haven't, We haven't talked in a little bit, but we try to keep in touch. She was just texting me about one of the showings that Wendell and Bryce are doing, which I haven't read. It's there, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. I will check it after this. Um, but yeah, it was... I didn't even saw it as uh, Stephen and, and JT, but I think that one of the things that brought us closer, one is that we, which I don't know if all of you know, Elizabeth and I started the audition process at the same time. We went to LA to finals at the same time. We were in the same group taking the IQ test. Elizabeth wore her hat on all the freaking time and i remember that at that point i had a partner and you're allowed to talk to your family right not to the other like possible contestants contestants. and i remember that i told my partner at that time there's this girl that is wearing a cowboy hat and if she makes it that's gonna be my friend. I'm going to be friends with her. And she was like, why? And I'm like, because she's super tall and she can help me out to reach places I can't reach. So that was like my first thing. It was like, she's going to help me out to reach stuff. And then she actually helped me out to stay alive in the game. And I think that one of the reasons that we also bonded is that we have respect for each other, even though we're different. Like she is a person that was always willing to listen and learn, even though that her views are different, right? We talk about religion, about gun control, about being queer. And she always was very receptive of what I had to say. And I was always very receptive of what she had to tell me. So I think that because we respected each other, even though we are colour opposites. I think that's why we created such a great friendship. And but yeah, that's a... the person that I click the most with. Which is it's funny again, because he's a white person completely different than me. Like
0: it's the the like unlikely pairings always like it's I mean like these people you who wouldn't you and Elizabeth would have never met in real life on the street. But because no. you were both on this reality show, you became good friends on the show and off the show. And if people want to check out uh, the episode where you and Elizabeth work super hard to make sure you stay in the game, that's episode two of your season. And you all flip flip the tribe to make sure Lyrsa, the little nugget, gets a couple more days on the island.
1: And I feel that she also felt like even though she could blend more because she was, she was white, she was an American, uh, she spoke the language, I think that we we're both a little bit of outcasts because we we're the older women in our tribe, and we view life differently. And the whole time in the beginning, the first couple of days, like the, that first day you also saw that we're like, okay, it's you and me, you and me till the end. We thought that nobody was going to notice because we were so different everybody fucking knew that Elizabeth and I were a pair which was like so hilarious cuz like I re- we really try not to hang out together not to talk to each other but I feel that there was something that everybody knew that we were like a pair and they didn't like it
0: <laughs> but hey it wasn't because of you and Elizabeth's relationship that it didn't work out you you, you got kind of messed up when the swap came along but we'll talk more about that I in know. a second oh do you want to do I you want to talk
1: swaps. about it now we can yes no 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 we can't we you can't you can drive I'm, okay. I'm just like thinking that yeah when you see the swaps before playing the game you get really excited it's like oh what's gonna happen who's gonna get split and then when you live through it you're like fuck i hate swaps this is the worst nightmares especially if you're at the bottom and yeah it screwed me over
0: it, it was tragic uh, especially because I
1: liked a lot of the
0: people on your tribe the swap one like especially uh, recent any winner Mike White was on your tribe uh and
1: I know uh, I sent him a text like I was so proud of him
0: and he he referenced you not explicitly but he said he shout out he gave a shout out to Survivor in his speech um but yeah, I know, I know. I know. You, he
1: said something about it. Yeah.
0: I wanna ask you, so you said you grew up in PR and you were watching all these white people shows, but uh what was the first example of a American TV show or movie that you remember seeing yourself represented as a Latina, especially as a queer Latina? Um, do you have a recollection you know, of one or do you not?
1: You know, I was thinking when I read the questions that you sent me. And I was thinking and I don't recall on an American show that I watched back home that I could relate to any Latinos because we were not there. Everything was a white show. And then the roles that Latinos got were minimal roles. So, for example, I could identify with Phoebe from Friends, which we are not the same at all. But that was the quirky character of this show, right? So I guess the first Latino character, I really look and said like, oh my God, we are so much alike, even though we're not. It's Sofia Vergara's uh, Gloria from Other Family. Especially there's an episode that she is, which I share this meme all the time. She's fighting with Jay about something. I think it was about... The baby Jesus episode. Yes. I think it's the baby Jesus episode. And she kept saying baby Jesus. And he's trying to make fun of her accent. And she gets really upset and says that in Spanish, she's really smart. And that he wouldn't know because he doesn't speak Spanish and he doesn't understand her culture, but that she's a very smart woman, which she is right? We just think differently because we are not white. We are Latinos, so we have a different background and a different idiosyncrasy and heritage, right? So I think that the first character that I look at TV, I say, like, you know what? That is me. She's loud. She's sassy. She's very smart. She gets what she wants. It was Sofia Vergara's Gloria, and that's recent. And that's recent. But I think that the first... Latino character I saw. And it's because they made us. So the two Latino humans that I saw first on TV was Raúl Julia on The Adams Family, who is was a Puerto Rican actor. And Edward James almost on Stand and Deliver. I don't know if you know this movie. I know who, who he that. is.
0: I don't think I've seen that that piece of media. So but... s-
1: Send and Deliver is a movie from the 80s, mid-late 80s, and it tells the story about this math teacher that he's dealing with a lot of students that were labeled pr- problematic and they were not doing good at school. And he teaches them math in a fun way that they could understand and apply, right? So I think that because it was edward james Olmos and it was like a latino in a big movie they made us watch that movie a lot in school especially for math class so i think that's the first it wasn't even a woman it was that edward james Olmos, and then in the 90s selena comes out right and then j-lo start you know acting and she's from puerto rican heritage so i think that At that point, we start seeing more and more characters that are Latinos. But in the, I mean, I'm 41 years old. So in my early teens, there was barely nobody that I recall being a Latino on TV. So I couldn't see myself. I still don't see myself in anybody except maybe Gloria, as I said, because I'm such a weird, different person. So I don't think there is, I mean, if they write a character similar to me, it's probably going to be like a show about me. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to write about it. You're
0: entertaining as hell. I think
1: think it will be so funny. I was telling my friends, I want to write a show about this 40-year-old single lesbian that is still trying to figure this shit out, right? But in a fun way. Because there's a show on Showtime similar, but she's, which upsets me because it's also a 40-something queer woman. And she, it's, depressed which it upsets me more and we're like maybe diverting about the latino heritage that's totally fine because this is
0: part of your identity like being queer and latina
1: but all of this most of these queer characters on tv are not portrayed as as us they're always depressed and it happens right it it does happen right? It happens to everybody. But then I get excited about this show. I'm like, oh, my God. And she's a little bit, you know, like me. I look, you know, a little bit butchy, And she's 40. And she's single. Let me watch this show. And then, oh, my God, she's so depressed. And so terrible. And life is horrible. And I had to stop watching it because I'm like, I can't identify with this. This is too depressing. Why are we always put same as Latinos in these characters that are mostly not doing great in life. I mean, there's some exceptions, but we are usually putting situations on TV that are way exaggerated of possibly a bad situation that we live through.
0: Uh, speaking of all those topics, do you want to talk about any like stereotypes that you commonly see in the media of Latinos, uh, especially of any like intersectional queer and Latino stories that you, you find very harmful or frustrating to see repeated Over and over again.
1: Oh my God. Yes. Uh, In the beginning. Most of our characters. Were either drug dealers. Prostitutes. Cleaning people. And I'm not saying. That there is not. People. From Latino heritage that. You know. Are represented by that. But that is not all of us. And you keep seeing us getting roles that are diminishing or secondary. And I don't feel that represents all Latinos. It's like, everybody's Mexican too. Like, everybody's Mexican. And no, man, not everybody is Mexican. Like, there's people from Bolivia and Paraguay and Uruguay, and Brazil, and so many other countries. Like, there's a whole continent below the United States. It's not just Mexico. So it's a little bit upsetting that we are still, we are getting way more representation now, but it's not quite there. I think we can do way better, but I also feel that the problem is, which is getting better now, is that the people behind the camera, it's mostly white people. And a white person can't tell my story, right? So no matter how much visibility you get on TVs and movies, if the people behind the camera and writing are white, they're not going to translate our real stories because you have not been there. You don't, you don't know what it is. You don't know how it is to live like us. And you can like create this scenario of what you think, but that doesn't really represent the reality of us.
0: And it's also a lot of like, Latina creators don't really know how to get their start this is a conversation I had with Fanny who's one of my guests on the series as well and she was talking like a lot of what she does is education for Latino storytellers and like helping them finance their projects and like getting opportunities for them to tell stories because we don't have that like like a lot of American and especially white people have like they know what to do in terms of telling our stories in terms of getting their projects out there whereas a lot of Latino people like don't have The resources or the accessibility, and I think Mm -hmm. like just involving giving more opportunities to our people, and both in terms of scripted content and reality content, just like giving more opportunities for our voices to shine through, whether it's behind the camera or in front.
1: So, I I don't know if you know that I do a horror movie podcast. Yes, Um, I was going to ask about that at the end. Yeah, yeah. So I. Being very careful when the credits roll, especially in movies from like the 80s and the early 90s, because I want to see who's behind the camera, right? And there was non-Hispanic people behind the camera in those ages. Now the credits are so fast that you can barely read what's going on, right? They just like gone. Credits are done. But but in these movies that the credits are go slower, there was like nobody and great movies, and I'm like, oh my god! It, like I wonder how many good Latino, a uh, practical effects person were there at that time, and they were not given the chance, right? And now we're given the chance, like um, Guillermo del Toro, right? Who started in some early '90s movies, and they are fantastic, and then you see like. I mean you can point out what is a Guillermo del Toro movie, right? Um, but I think it's important that part of the representation because if we're not behind it, like who's gonna say this is right or wrong? It's like I think it's it's like with everything. I feel that we are everything related to movies and TV is still a very wide industry, even though they don't wanna seem like it right and and let's just start accepting that it is what it is right and we're trying to break into it and I know that at some point everything's going to be more even but that's the reality and, and I know things are changing because I actually went to a commercial theater I used- Usually go to the Coolidge Corner, you know the Coolidge, right? Yeah, the I know corner. where that is. <laughs> the Coolidge Corner. So that's where, I, so that's where I go. I'm a member, and they cater to the type of movie I like. So I rarely go to like AMC. But we went this past weekend to watch the Invitation. I think it is the name of it, the one with the vampire. Yeah, the horror movie. Um, a commercial about set a program for beepox to do uh short films and and they were like giving them the money they were like subsidizing this new venture of several bpc humans in the movies making movies and i thought that was fantastic if i haven't gone to the movies i would have known that so i think that little by little we're like we're getting there it's 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 happening it's happening
0: I like to use this uh, analogy. I feel like we're doing a lot of like f- one step forward, but then the industry pushes up three steps back. Like, I'm sure you've heard of uh, what happened yes. with Batgirl. Um, and like uh, a lot of our TV shows, like, hey, did you ever watch One Day at a Time? On Netflix. Remind movie,
1: me with, of, with Rita, oh, yeah. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Rita
0: Moreno. Yeah. It was like the sitcom about the family.
1: I was, yeah, yeah, I saw, of course, I saw it. It's like, it's, it's mom, yeah. it's Rita Moreno.
0: Yeah, but then it got canceled, too, and I feel like we get, like, opportunities, but we're not given the same opportunities to shine in the way that, like, a lot of white shows are given, like, a lot more chances than, like... uh, If a Latino show isn't successful off the bat, they're, like, they're really quick to cut it and try something else that's more favorable to white audiences, which is, like, one of the most frustrating parts about the industry for me.
1: It's... uh, Right now, it's not a Latino-related thing, but the thing with the... Little Mermaid being played. With, it's it's some girl that is uh, an actress that she's black and people are complaining because the Little Mermaid is black. Bitches, you already had a white one for That's like more than twenty years. Like, who cares? It's they don't they don't fucking exist. And then I read people saying like, oh, like I went to the theater to see the Little. M- mermaid one of my birthday was about the little mermaid right so i remember this This is one of my favorite movies it doesn't matter who plays the actors right um but people my age were saying oh my god disney ruined my childhood motherfuckers really really this ruined your childhood because what ruined my childhood was i couldn't understand fucking math and that's important in life not that a character that doesn't even freaking exist ah, it's so stupid. And then I went before we started talking, I was on Facebook. And I saw a video of several black little girls watching the preview of the movie. And their faces were just shining. They were like, so excited that finally, Little Mermaid looks like them. So these things really are important. I'm sorry that the little mermaid is not white anymore. Fuck you. You're an adult. It's exactly like let's have rep- the kids from now have a nice childhood. They let them see being represented until they can see themselves and they can say, like, you know what? Someday I can portray the little mermaid. And it doesn't matter which skin tone I have. Because that's really not important. That's what I don't get. Like um- under your skin, we all are mosses. So I just don't get why people would just go and this ruins my life. Really? That, like, yes, that ruined your life. I'm so sorry that you're childhood, but it's not the same when you're. Hello? Oh, I think Am you I went Can you away, hear me? Felipe. I can hear okay. you now. My connection oh my God, is so very scary. unstable
0: right now. So I can't I see you, camera. but I can hear you. Yeah, I turned off my camera. and Hopefully, that fixes something. Aren't
1: we all? <laughs> okay. We're
0: all unstable. <laughs>
1: uh, anyway. We're all unstable, especially especially in 2022.
0: Yeah. Uh, although um, but...
1: 2020 and 2021 were even worse.
0: Yeah, it was. It, they were some weird, weird ass years, Lisa. Um Like it's so goofy. Yeah. Like in. It, but I really appreciate everything you said. Like, I remember something that always stood out to me was uh, when Chadwick Bozeman passed away. I remember seeing a lot of like little black boys, like, so like they, they would hold little funerals for their black Panther figurine. And like that, like they would be so demoralized. And like, we, I was crushed too, but like, that's what representation matters is you see yourself on the TV. You see yourself as a superhero, you see yourself as a Disney princess. Uh, like, that's, that's what representation matters, at least to me, and why it's so important, right? And that's yeah. why seeing people like you and Sandra and Abby and Ozzy on TV and like a reality show is so important. Or Romeo and Mike on this last season as well.
1: i like in person. Um, but yeah, you said Black Panther, and I'm, I was not into superheroes, but now I just said it. That is, I also love Thor. I haven't seen any new... Of the Marble. the last one I saw was like Doctor Strange.
0: Okay. Um, the newest Thor movie but, is super queer.
1: Oh, I haven't watched it. Is it already in Disney okay. Plus? Because I don't yes, want to go to the Plus theater. Okay. Okay. So I'll I'll check it out tonight. Um. But oh my god, I saw the Black Panther preview and it broke my heart. I wanted to cry, but I was with my friends. I'm like, I'm not gonna because they don't like superhero movies, and I'm like, I'm not gonna start crying watching a preview for black Panther, but this is fucking very sad so yeah i'm excited and yeah it's it makes i told it makes happy yeah no i i totally get it that it's it's important for everybody to see themselves like it tells man sometimes some people don't have anything else but like a tv right? And that's their situation. And that's what they're getting. And it's always so good to see somebody like you on TV. Because believe it or not, it it can change people. That happened when I was on the show. And it came out. I got so many messages about people like me on TV. That finally saw themselves on TV, because I was somebody that they could like relate to, and I wasn't even trying to do that. I just wanted to play this game I love. And then getting all of these messages of people telling me that they finally with me saw somebody like them on TV. That was like, amazing. It felt so good that I went to the audition and that they liked me and they put me on because it made so many people feel like validated and represented on TV.
0: I might not be a hundred percent right on this, but I do believe you are the first queer Latina player, like a woman uh, who is Latina. That is, yeah, gay.
1: they hit, yeah, they hit the jackpot. They saw, they saw all of me, and there still wasn't a rule for that 50 percent, but they were like oh my yeah. god she checks so, i mean it's a joke i love you penny i love that you cast me um but that's like my joke with my friends i'm like oh my god they saw me and they hit the jackpot because they're like okay woman minority latina minority queer minority doesn't speak the language check 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 okay she's in she's in she's all of it we're cover we don't need anything and else. And like
0: not just Latino representation, but I, I believe this is like a story that you've talked about on a podcast. But Evie from season forty-one went up to you at the like, during like a watch party and was like, "Oh my god, I loved watching you on the show." And then like the next season they were on. Yeah, because
1: I I yeah I have we have we both have talked about this how we met. We we're both tipsy slash drunk. And she said that to me. She was like, oh, my God, I saw you. I was so happy that I saw somebody like myself on TV. Like, this is amazing. And I was like so freaking drunk. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You should apply. And you should also go to my burlesque show because it's going to be awesome. But you should apply. And then COVID hit like two weeks later. Not kidding. It was like two weeks later after that. And then suddenly she's on the show how seeing somebody like you on tv can change your life and wants to like make you like step it forward and say like i'm gonna try this because i saw somebody that got it and it's somebody that i can relate and if they could do it i can do so too
0: yeah no i i think it's awesome and like obviously like uh you came on to survivor and you were season 37 so there was like i mean the queen of survivor is a puerto rican woman sandra and we've had, like, so many Latina people come through. But this next season, it looks like we're going to have at least three Latinos, which I feel like is a record for non-seasons with, like, looking for that diversity, uh, like, tribe division. Uh, I think that's a record. But <laughs> yes. do you feel like a big a big sister sort of, like, want to protect all these, like, Latino reality show contestants coming through?
1: Oh, my God. Yes. And those are the people I message first it's all the latinos all the queers and all the beatbox and then sorry guys and then the white people um so yeah i'm so excited i'm so excited about carla oh my god can't wait to see her i think she's gonna shine i'm so excited for her um and i'm doing my draft on monday with other people so excited have you seen the rumor cast for 44
0: I haven't I haven't I don't look at that stuff I'm like very like I'll know when I need to know I don't I don't need to unless it's an all-stars then I want to know but uh like for the other ones I'm just like okay I'll find out when they find out but it might be different from the contestant perspective because like you might want to have like past contestants reach out to you and be like okay go to therapy first and then like uh talk to people and like I'm here for you and stuff like that
1: oh yeah oh yeah I told them Oh, please don't go on reddit like they're savages so you just like have somebody screen it before you see them because people are savages um but yeah
0: yeah um speaking of the fan reaction you mentioned reddit and i kind of wanted to get your perception do you think that like people in the audience struggled to connect with you because of your background and like you got i remember you specifically got a lot of hate uh on social media i remember like Listen, we all love Natalie. She's a great, great reality TV personality. But I remember, especially after that episode, you got a lot of hate. Um, and oh, do you yeah. think a lot of it was because people didn't understand? Like, they, they gave you more hate versus, like, the white players in Mike uh, who, like, also did the action of getting Natalie out. Do you feel oh, like yeah. part of it was like, because you were Latina?
1: Yeah, and I was a woman, and I'm a lesbian, and I'm tiny, and apparently also my nephew i'm a loser so um nowadays in an original tribe in which again we're all davids and i don't want to use it but yeah probably because they put us as like lesser and you know they i how do i say this without sounding offensive they set us to lose. You have a try with winners and big people and athletic people. And then you have a band of nerve misfits. And when that happened, Nick got dragging. I think that it wasn't just David in the beginning. So I think it was more of like these two lose. Somebody powerful took down a Goliath. Right. So I think it was more of that. None of the bashing that they did. that. The- so, yeah, I um that day that we voted out Natalie, um, I got dragged into this chat, which then later I discovered they were like teenagers. They dragged me and Nick into this chat, fucking wet back, and I needed to be deported back to my country. And I told this person that if they were gonna use slurs, they needed to use the correct ones because I was not a wet, wet back, um, what they Ported because I am an American citizen so I just didn't I don't get I don't need to apply for a visa I have an American passport I am an American citizen by birth so I just pack my bags and move here so I told this person that like you yeah but I don't feel it was it had anything to do with me being a Latina I think this person just said that thinking it was gonna hurt me and I think I schooled them um, but I think it was more of the fact that Nick and I were Davids and Natalie was a Goliath couldn't believe that because they didn't drag Mike into the and it was actually Mike's idea. well, Mike at we got for Natalie regardless right and then Mike, Came to the side and voted with us, but Mike didn't. Got dragged. Also, Mike didn't have. So- doesn't have social media, which is very smart of him. Yeah. um And if he does, and he has like a Finsta, and I'm not there, Mister Mike, you and I need to have a conversation. um
0: <gasps> Imagine Mike White on Finsta. That would be. But so I think funny.
1: it was. Oh my God, he will- I the race. I. I-, 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 I- Oh, now that you said that, see, you poisoned my brain. But they dragged Nick, too. So Uh I feel that it was like, like, it was the fact that we were like at the bottom.
0: Yeah. But I do know, I remember you talked about on social media at the time that you got a lot of like uh, homophobic slurs at you, but not as many uh, besides this one example that you shared with us. So like just people on social media are so nasty to contestants.
1: (gasps) Oh, yeah. That it's that the computer will take everything you write, right? Because you're behind yeah. a keyboard and people use fake. they, oh my God, they call me a dyke and I'm like, tell me something I don't know. They call me fat. And I'm like, tell me something I don't know. Like all of this things that people thought, it was annoying, right? It wasn't that they were hurting my feelings because whatever they were saying, trying to offend me being I am a diet I am not skinny you're not offending me I would have taken it more offensive if they said that I was like pasty white (laughs) it bothers me and I think I mentioned it before because I feel that it takes away like I am very white passing until I open my mouth if I don't say anything people will think I'm white right so I do not knowing I have been in some instances been benefited by being with the white people because I'm not white so once they realize that I'm not white it's like whoa but you're not white but then when I'm with the Latino people that fit the stereotype of what a latino person should look i don't look like them so i'm also like you don't look like a latina you look white so you have so white skin and i'm a latina people doesn't recognize me sometimes i don't know it's it's so difficult to be me sometimes and I, i i wish when i go to puerto rico in the winter i do everything and my power to go to the beach every single day. So I come back looking, mm-hmm, so I don't look that white. And I was so excited when I got on Survivor because I was going to again get a tan. And I I think people know this because I think it was posted somewhere at some website of like the secrets that people don't know about Survivor. We do get like sunscreen, because they don't want us to get like skin cancer. But I n- never wore the sunscreen. Because I want it to get darker. Mm-hmm. I want it to get darker. So I would look more like a Puerto Rican person usually looks to the eyes of like white people. right? And it's sad. It is sad that I have to like, I can't, I know it sounds sad. Right? But I cannot please any sides. For one side I'm not white enough and for the other one way too white. So believe me, I do I do the best I can to try not to look that white. And it lasts like until February. <laughs> Because then it's freaking winter here in Boston, and I can't go out and you know sunbathe. So no, I
0: know, I know how it is. It is what it is. Yeah, you also got a rainy season too, so it's not even if you tried your best to tan, (gasps) you got like a lot of rain on your season.
1: Yeah, I did tan a little bit because I see the pictures, and and then the thing is that it rained there. But then we went to Australia on that um trip trip that we went on the trip, and. All the activities that were outdoors, I, I wore like no sleeve. I I I Trust me, I did my best to keep my tan the most I could. And then when I got here, my partner was so impressed on how dark I look. And I was still looking white. I mean, I look like I had a tan. I still look white, but I look darker. And I was so proud of it. So proud of it. And then months started to pass and I started losing the tan and I every every day I got into the shower oh my god this sounds so sad people please don't be sad about me it's just like it is what it is but like every day that passed and I went into the shower and I saw like the tan fading I will get so sad and upset because I was losing my color and I will tell my partner that I'm like oh my god I'm starting to look white again this is so upsetting like I don't I don't want to look why? He's like, I know, but like, it's it, there's nothing you can do. Like, we can't go out. There's like no way. And I don't do tanning beds. That's fucking ridiculous. You don't yeah. turn tan. You turn orange. Um. Oh, and that looks terrible. Um. But yeah, I try to work on my tan when I go back to PR in the winter. So at least for the first couple of weeks people get that i am not from here from the get-go yeah you you wanna you
0: wanna like that's the that's something i feel like i struggle with is like i grew up in a white suburban area of the boston area um but like i never felt like white enough to fit in with the white kids but also Mm -hmm. never like ethnic enough to be with like the other people of color it was like this weird middle ground because being latino is an ethnicity it's not necessarily a race thing because you can be yeah. Afro Latino, you can be Asian and Latino, you can be white and Latino, but it's more about the ethnicity and the culture attached to it, and that's why I, I've always struggled personally with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I struggle with that a lot, and oh my god, I worked recently. And I was working for a company, and in the company, which apparently is inclusive. But again, I was the only Latino queer woman in the office, and then we had a guy from the Dominican Republic, and it was just us, the Latino people, right? Um, it it was it was. I felt that the longer I'm here, again, because I'm so white passing, and I don't after COVID. I don't go out that much, right? And I told you before, most of my friends are white, right? But I, it, it got, this part really got sad when I realized, um, I used to have another coworker that was my friend from Puerto Rico. She looks Puerto Rican, like the stereotype of what people think a Puerto Rican person should look. Like she's tan, you know, curly hair. So she looks more ethnic than me, right? So I've been working in this company for x amount of years and with 97% of the company being white at least in headquarters, right my first my friend quits and then a couple of months later she sent me a tiktok of the company one of the tiktoks that marketing did right and by the way if any of you are listening I love you guys I don't work for you guys but I still love you as humans right so She sends me the TikTok and she's like, they white. So because we do like some kind of like games on the videos and something fun, I'm thinking that I need to spot something white in the video, right? Like a white box or like a white label, like something white. So I watched the video and I'm like, I don't get why she's saying they white. So I played it again. And then I realized (sighs) that everybody in the video Was white, even though there's Latino people in the office. I think there's like three black people, there's two Asians in the company. Like everybody in the TikTok was white. And I felt bad, not because they were white. I felt bad because I felt that I was being whitening and I didn't realize that everything was white and I was not being represented in this video in the company that said that they're very inclusive. And I felt like really offended and sad. And that day we had to do our like HR evaluation. And I told them that I'm like, everybody's white here. And all the marketing is white. And we're only targeting white people. How do you think we're going to grow and get to other markets and other demographic groups if we're all presenting white stuff this is crazy and you know what it made a change they hired a black person for marketing they started including everybody else they started include they i i mean like several of those tiktoks um for the company because i told them like it feels really i don't feel bad because you're white i feel bad because i didn't acknowledge how White, it's my surrounding and how I have adapted to this white situation forgetting that I am not white and yeah, the person sometimes from- I- see the person from my for like really bad I'm like don't feel bad it's not a you thing like don't feel that I'm depressed and I go home and like crying because I'm like don't realize all of this it's just like it is what it is
0: Yeah, no, I definitely can relate to that because sometimes I feel like I'm in white environments and I forget a little piece of my identity. And then like I go home and I'm like, wait, I completely left this part of my identity and didn't even acknowledge that. And then I feel mad at myself sometimes for like not speaking up or even acknowledging like that piece, like the overlooking. And uh, I I, there are a lot of like white corporations that I do feel try their best. There are some that I think is just lip service, but. Like the ones that actively try, I just feel like it. Uh, it yeah. it's, can still be disheartening when there's like not uh, as much as there could be, right? Like they like you love your company, but it's still like upsetting to hear that they had this oversight and that ex- example that you shared, right? Yeah, uh, because it wasn't
1: malintent, but it was just like ignorance, right? It's not. I'm. It's ignorance, right? It's ignorance. I, I, I know. I can possibly drop my accent. If I try hard enough, I started like thickening my accent mostly because I dated a white girl that she really liked the accent. So I started like pushing the accent even more. and I stuck with it. Um, but when I moved here, I didn't thought my accent was that thick, right? But now I am very proud of my accent. And the more I thicken it up, the more I feel like people realize that's my only weapon because I don't look Latina. So my my accent is the only thing I can come back with. So I took my initiative of, I speak Spanish to all my white friends. And they, you need to learn because you know what? I learn English and you're my friend. So all my friend knows like a little bit of spanish and especially like lingo from back home I, I i gave classes at work about how saying stuff and when i left half of my team could understand what i was saying in spanish because at 5 p.m i shut english down i don't speak more english if i don't have to i come home and it's everything is in spanish and i talk to my <laughs> friends in spanish Yes, except for podcasts and even on my regular podcast, they are like little by little learning Spanish and sometimes I reply back with like stuff in Spanish and we pick some movies. I make them watch Hispanic movies, horror Hispanic movies. For my birthday, I always pick we get the chance to pick the movie of the week and I always pick movies that are non-English movies, right? And when I read the news, they try to give me the news with the Hispanic names also because they can't pronounce them. Um, the culture into my friends and at work. My boss, I never call my boss like, hey, look. I will call her Mira boss. And they learned that Mira is, hey, look. So when I left, everybody used the word Mira everybody knew a bunch of words in Spanish and the last thing the last thing I did is that we did an activity celebrating in a culture and we have Puerto Rican food and I think and I feel like so happy and so proud that I was sharing my culture with them trying to like make them see myself just as this. So I absolutely
0: love what you were just talking about because it's like you're going to work and everyone like has to do their job there but like you're making it a little bit of a safer environment for Lirsa by like letting uh, learning a little bit of Spanish, letting uh, Lirsa have the Puerto Rican food there for the goodbye party. I, I love all that. And like, even at work, even though Spanish is not my first language, like Brazilian speak Portuguese, which is a conversation I had with Abby uh, in our interview earlier today. But uh, I, I like to like drop Spanish terms with my uh, Spanish coworkers. Like one of my friends is Mexican. Another one is Puerto Rican. And we just, I'm like, yeah, what's the chisme? How's your day? Like, And just like dropping like the Spanglish around just because like, it's nice to not have to culture, uh, not culture switch, code switch uh, in every environment that you're there. You can be a little bit more looser with your
1: culture and your yeah. ethnicity. How most of the art I'm doing is in Spanish and target for our um, Hispanic people and our Latino um going very political sometimes especially with the situation in PR so yeah. I think that I'm trying you know maybe I'm like a tiny you know person in this whole universe but I'm I'm trying I'm trying to bring visibility in everything I can and I think you especially in especially the with my names I still use all my names yes no and I
0: like that it's especially in the survivor community How- I feel like
1: you're- go ahead sorry No, no 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 I was listening
0: to you I was listening to you Uh, In the survivor community, like you're one of like the biggest like pro, like you're one of the most visible Latina community members, like as much as we love Sandra, like Sandra goes and lives her life. But like you come on, you talk about every season on a podcast um, and like you're you're out there, you go to the events and it's it's awesome seeing like someone as like outwardly Latina and queer as you and like you own every aspect of yourself and like you're part of like the community in terms of like the reality events. And I'm still upset that you weren't added into the Celesbian group the same year that Casey from Big Brother was.
1: Oh, there's a Celes... Oh, yeah. That happened. And it was like, I don't know. There's like... I got so upset with the Celesbian thing. Because like, I remember that in one of the Survivor interviews, they were like, so what if you... What's your goal if you don't win, like what's good, what you're going to take if you don't win? Cause I think, I think that was one of the questions similar to that. And I'm like, well, if I don't win, it's okay because I'm going to become a celestian. And they didn't even realize what it was. I had to explain to those people what a celestian was. I'm like, it's a celebrity, lesbian, celestian. That's what I'm here for. This is my goal. And then I have never gotten invited, for example, to the dinosaur, Shore, which is like, a lesbian party and they invite all of this like celebrities and reality people that are lesbians and all of that and i never get invited at all and casey well i think casey was
2: i think it was the same year you played survivor
1: big brother before me i think or at the same like but why i am not invited i am also a lesbian. this is not fucking fair but it's okay i'm a lesbian in the eyes of my friends and the people that like me and that's all I that mean, matters
0: you're a lesbian in my sphere like uh i told you like mm-hmm. all a lot of my friends were like oh my god tell Lirsa I say hi uh and uh they like-
1: always they always send your regards like they always like felipe says hello i'm like yay
0: yeah um do you speak uh, Spanish to Batata, who is uh, the love of your life, your your little pet?
1: Yes, Batata knows English and Spanish and a little bit of Russian because I have a Russian friend and she will spoke I mean, dogs follow hand commands mostly and your face, right? They're not that smart, but I can have like I can like. I talk to the dog in Spanish and she understands and when I talk to her in English she also understands and when she's in PR she understands what my parents says and they my dad does speaks English my mom understands English and she can speak it but she's very afraid of it because she's afraid that people are going to make fun of her accent so she tries to avoid talking in english right but the dog understand everything she has a hispanic name and every time somebody asks like oh she's a boston I'm like yeah she is a boston from puerto rico because we got her in pr so she is also like me 100 percent born and raised in puerto rico well born in puerto rico and then moved here to the united
0: and we love batata we love we, like you're such an animal lover and that's also like a thing that i don't think was truly represented on the show uh, i remember you got a tattoo of the cat in angelina's jacket um, oh yeah or and
1: people, it, people recognize that shit a lot if you, like it was so funny because i knew and you probably saw it in the reunion i knew jeff was not going to talk to me i mean that had people that he was going to talk to like key people in the game i understand it i don't hold anything against that right uh, but i knew that he was going to talk to christian in my power to just move my tattoo around the whole time because that was the only thing that was mine, that was going to be on TV, and if you see the reunion, you can see my tattoo in the background the whole time. A couple of months ago, I went to the Brighton Alston Bazaar, because my art teacher has a booth there most of the time, so I like to, you know, drop by, buy some stuff, you know, um, try to, like, give to the local artists, and I was talking to her, and now that we're on Netflix, I do get more recognized than before, and I'm talking to her, and this guy passes by and he's like, Um, excuse me, this me. And it was like, Oh my god, I just saw your pay attention to it. And they see the tattoo, I get recognized a lot because I look really different now from what I look on the show. I have longer hair, I'm rocking the pink, I'm a little bit slimmer. Um, I got way more tattoos now but that one is key and people does recognize it and that's the face of my cat that's the actual face of my cat with the jacket and I have like I have tattoos of all my pets so yeah I love obviously but oh it's gonna be it's like that first trip when you have a newborn or baby. And you're leaving them with the grandparents because you're going to take a vacation. So yeah. I feel like that right now. And I'm like, I'm so concerned that I'm not going to sleep with her because we sleep together. Like in the same bed, obviously. I um, love my pets. So I'm going to miss them. So it became what I make fun of. I became that old lady that is surrounded by cats and dogs. And that makes me happy. And it's totally but fine. If it makes
0: you happy, who cares? Like as long as you're happy, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And I talked like I used to have a roommate when I moved here that she got so, so annoying because I will talk to my cats all the time. Like I will get home and I will be like, hi, and start talking to the cats. And she found it like so annoying and it got her so upset. Like, I don't care. Those are my kids. (laughs) So I want to talk to them.
0: I have one last question before we start winding things down, if that's cool with you in terms of time uh did you did you get a lot of like positive appreciation from fellow latino people uh or also lesbians also uh like in terms of you're representing them on tv when you were on survivor
1: when we met at hearts of reality i had no idea who casey was i knew that she was from big brother i know that she won, but i I have never seen Big Brother guys like that's not the show for you You have to invest too much time and too much emotions but you know I was like all of them knew who I was right so it is nice to have other fellow queer or Latino people come to you and say like hey I know who you are we're getting more people like us on tv and that's great so it yeah it's it is lovely when we all band together and again that's the first people i also reach out my people
0: that's awesome like it's important to have people like trailblazers like that's something that like i talked with abby about and she was like yeah i like to be there for people who follow in my footsteps because it's like we're creating we were there first but like we want to be able to support our people in our communities and uh there's this brazilian woman on big brother this season Indy, and abby was like okay when she gets out of the house i'm gonna I want to make sure she's doing okay because like we look out for our people, right? And mm-hmm. that's something that like, yeah. the Latino yeah. community does. It's like we we get in passionate arguments, but we also like look out for each other. We're very loyal.
1: Yeah, every, every single episode that on the last season that the storyline aligned with Romeo, uh, first of all, like so many things that like he said broke my heart, like I was crying and I wanted to hug him so hard. Um, And I do that, but getting voted out as a minority by the rest of the white people—it's—it's not cool and it hurts a lot because we feel that we're fitting in, right? It's this trick that this type of game brings to you, like you think you're fitting in, and then you're voted out and it hurts. But it hurts like even more when you when you think you're part of it. And then you're not. And it might be the same for white people. But I feel that it's harder for us. Because we really, when we do this type of shows or movies, it's because we want. It's not like we all want to win. Of course we want to win. But also the most important part is that we want to be out there so people can see us. And we can like change the, some of the views that people have about Latino people.
0: That's, that's very well put. And uh, like last season, I believe was the first time two of the final three were Latino with Mike and Romeo. So, like, we're slowly making our history um, on these shows and like getting more uh, opportunities and representation. And hopefully, I'll get to talk to Mike and Romeo. We'll see what happens there. Uh, they're both interested. But um, I, Lyrsa, I want to thank you so much for joining. I didn't me.
1: know that Mike was Latino.
0: Until just now, or until
1: yeah, no, that I didn't didn't know that Mike was Latino. No, 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 until a couple, like I think on the first episode or the second, I don't know. I sent him a message like, Hey, congratulations! He's like, Yeah, Puerto Rican sister. I'm like, Wait, what? I thought you were (laughs) white. (laughs) And he's like, No, I'm half Puerto Rican. I'm like, Oh my god, I had like no idea because the same case, he looks very white, just like me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, uh he he is also Puerto Rican, like you, and that's so cool. Like that, like you too, Sandra. We have a lot of mm-hmm. like good Puerto Rican representation on Survivor. Um, but uh, I want to ask yeah. you like where people can keep up with you, where they can listen to your horror podcast. And something I'm asking all my guests for this project, uh, what's something Latino or uh Hispanic that you want people to check out, like a movie or a TV show that they might not otherwise watch? Uh, but because they're listening to this podcast and you want to recommend it. And it can be a Latino horror movie if you want to keep it in line with your podcast. But what's something you want them to check out?
1: So, um, I, I first of all, I want you guys to check my horror podcast. It's called The Heavy Leather Horror Show. We are on every podcast platform. Episode comes out every Monday at night or early Tuesday morning. And we discuss horror movies and you know, horror news and just horror stuff that we find hilarious um, and that we love. And you can also find me on Instagram, Lirsa Torres. And if you want to check my art account, I'm doing a lot of art. I just applied for my third exhibit. So hopefully I will get it. Last time they got back to Maria Maria Lirsa. And I'm like, that's not my name. It's part of my name. Um, But horror movie in Spanish, I think you guys should check El Orfanato. It's a Spanish movie. And if you have a chance and you are subscribed to Shudder, which is a horror movie platform, you should check a movie called Truth Nest. It's a Spanish movie. It sits in the 50s in Spain. And it is, the beginning is, Very slow, but give it a chance because once it hits, it freaking hits. It's amazing. The acting is marvelous. The story is incredible. Once it unravels, it's like fantastic. Um, so I would recommend those two to watch if you know if you want to watch something horror. But if you want to watch something funny, there is two so operas on Netflix. Um, that are really. Good. and one of them is pedro les so if you remember call, uh nuevo rico nuevo pobre newly Rich a uh, comedy soap opera and it's fantastic so if you want to learn spanish in a fun way i will recommend those two for you guys
0: well listen this was awesome i'm so grateful that you joined me to talk about all this stuff thank you for sharing your story and always a pleasure to talk to you and hopefully next time i'm in boston we can get drinks or something and catch up Um, or if you're ever in LA let me know yes
1: definitely
0: yeah Yes, Um, definitely it's been a
1: pleasure like talking to you
0: it's always a treat and I really appreciate you bringing the intersectional aspect of like what it means to be Latina and a lesbian and a woman as well like I, I appreciate all that and thank you so much for joining us here today
1: yeah anytime
0: Thank you again to the incredible Lyrsa. Lyrsa is such a gem of a human being, uh, and I'm so grateful that she gave me her time and was willing to re-record if needed uh, for this project just because of the connectivity issues. Thank you again for everyone who's still listening. Uh, just again, I want to tell you about what we regularly do here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. We usually talk about late 90s, 2000s, kid shows, nostalgia-based shows, uh cartoons, uh, we have a Scooby Doo rewatch project called Scooby Snacks and Chats, where we talk about all the Scooby Doo movies. We have a High School Musical, the Musical, the Series recap uh, podcast called Pod Talk Jam and Break. And we're actually ending our season three coverage soon uh, while the show just ended for season three. So we're going to take a little break. Also, uh, we have Total Drama Island rewatch podcast called Do We Want to Be Famous, among other Disney Channel nostalgia based podcasts content that we do here one of our favorite episodes was the 50th episode of extravaganza the zillennial theme song bracket we also did episode 100 that was a good time as well Uh, those are good starter episodes to get the vibe of the show now in terms of si se puede i'm excited to tell you that our next guest He's an actor from the TV show, Promised Land. His name is Rolando Chuzan, and he and I had an incredible chat earlier tonight, actually. I'm so excited for you all to get to hear that conversation with Rolando. But until next time, you can follow the Brazilian Dragon Podcast at Brazil Dragon Pod on all social media. You can follow me, Felipe, at, at WhatThePhilippe on all social media. And if you want to get in touch about this project, please email Felipe at BrazilianDragonPodcast.com. Now, until next time, everyone, let's listen to some Bad Bunny on the way out of here. Until next time, everyone, si se puede, and echa pa'lante. Hey,
2: Titi me preguntó si tengo muchas novia, muchas novia, hoy tengo a una, mañana otra, hey. Pero no hay boda, Titi. Me pregunto si tengo muchas novias, eh, muchas novias. Hoy tengo a una, mañana a otra. Me la voy a llevar la toa para un VIP, un VIP. Ey. Saluden a Titi, vamos a tirarnos un selfie. Say cheese, ey. que sonríen las que ya les metí en un VIP, un VIP. Ey. Saluden a Titi, vamos a tirarnos un selfie. seis cheese, que sonríen las que ya se olvidaron de mí. Me gustan mucho las Gabriela. Patricia, la Nicole, la Sofía, mi primera novia en Kinder María, y mi primer amor se llamaba Talía, tengo una colombiana que me escribe todos los días, y una mexicana que ni yo sabía, otra en San Antonio que me quiero todavía, y las de PR que todita son mías. Una dominicana que juega bombón, juega juega bombón, la de Barcelona que vino en avión, y dice que mi bicho está cabrón, yo dejo que jueguen con mi corazón, dice la mudarme con todas por una mansión, el día que me Te envío la invitación, muchachos, de a eso. Ey, Titi me pregunto si tengo muchas novias, muchas novias, hoy tengo una mañana otra. ¿Y ¿Para qué tú quieras tanta novia? Me la voy a llevar a todas un VIP, un VIP, ey. Saluden a ti ti, vamos a tirar un selfie, seis chis, ey, que sonrían las que ellas les metían. Un VIP, un VIP, ey. Saluden a ti ti, vamos a tirar un selfie. chis Que sonrían las que ellas se olvidaron de mí. Oye, muchacho, el diablo azaroso. suéltese ese más viví que tú tienes en la calle. Búscate una mujer seria para ti, muchacho al diablo. Nah, muchas quieren mi baby grape, quieren tener mi primogénito, ey, y llevarse el crédito, ya me aburrido y quiero un totito inédito. Uno nuevo, uno nuevo, uno nuevo, ey. uno nuevo. Hazle caso a tu amiga, ya tiene razón. Yo voy a romperte el corazón, voy a romperte el corazón. Ey, no te enamores de mí, no te enamores de mí. Sorry, yo soy así, ay, no sé por qué soy así. Hazle caso a tu amiga, ella tiene razón Yo voy a romperte el corazón, voy a romperte el corazón, no te enamoro de mí, no te enamoro de mí, no, solo yo soy así, ya, yeah. no quiero ser así, no.